everybody. Welcome to For the Record. This is episode number 133 being released on Wednesday, May 15th, 2019. I'm your host, Jared Stossel. Thank you so much to everyone who's been a supporter of this podcast, whether it was from the very beginning back in 2015 or just after listening to last week's episode when we quote-unquote relaunched. I've received a ton of great feedback and support from last week's format change, and I can't even begin to describe how excited I am about the future of the show. With that being said, I'm going to be quick, I'm going to be quick about this today. On with the show. Within the last 10 years, electronic music has fallen into somewhat of a bubble. It's fallen into a bubble of misconception that electronic musicians are only DJs, that they don't write their own songs, and that they don't have any further aspirations other than pressing a button and letting the track play. But within the last couple of years, that has started to shift. Artists have been bringing more and more physical gear on stage, with acts like Deadmau5, Porter Robinson, Griffin, and many others trying to break the stigma, going back to what electronic music originally once was. One artist in particular, Los Angeles' Digital Color, real name Devereaux Jennings, could very well be among the likes of these artists one day. Taking inspiration from the sounds of 90s synthwave music, pop, instrumental music, and the recent brand of electronic music that's been dominating the airwaves these last several years, Jennings has been working hard to make a name for himself. I spoke with Jennings via phone a couple of weeks ago about the creative process behind his music, wanting to perform with a full band one day, and his newest seven-track release, Tetra, which came out back in February of last year. However, when recording this episode, we ran into a rather decent glitch. My recording software shut down halfway through and deleted the first part of the original interview. We hit record and tried again, but I'd just like to give the preface that a number of my questions may just sound like recaps, given what had happened earlier. We tried our very best, and we welcome Devro back anytime. But next time, I'll make sure to hit the software update button in advance of the interview. Turns out, that's pretty important. Now I have a backup on my phone. So if this craps out again for any reason whatsoever, it is saved. So for those who are listening to this and reading this later, um, we recorded about 25 minutes of an interview, and then it just, my logic track just decided to go, ah, fuck you. And then it closed out and deleted everything. So we're back again doing this um, and <laughs> sitting here chatting. Um, but that was, that was, that's the first time that's ever happened to me before. So this is, this is a new, new experience. So how you oh, there do- you go. Digital color is in the house. <laughs> <laughs> For sure, man. Well, we'll do probably a little, we'll do a little more condensed version of this since I don't want you to have to repeat like literally everything you just said, but we were originally talking about live shows, I guess, to start this off. So we're talking about how we can start from there, talking about how um, you use an Ableton or a uh, uh, Novation launch key to do your live shows as opposed to DJing. But you were talking about how you were thinking about uh, learning to DJ and kind of you were elaborating as to why you were uh, looking to do that as opposed like to add another yeah. tool to that. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I. <laughs> I just think that it's going to be, um, you know, 
a better way to use your time and make some money without lugging around too much gear and breaking your back. <laughs> For sure. That's that's the uh, straight up way. And I guess we were just talking about like like it's totally another tool you can add to the arsenal because there's artists like Porter Robinson and Elenium and people like that who are they're DJing still, but they're after their careers kind of after, not took off, but like when they got into a place where they could more afford to do like the, the full band stuff with all the equipment upkeep and all that, they were able to yep. incorporate that into the show and then they can kind of do both. Um, but I was saying it's a totally doable thing. Um, and I think that'd be, I think that'd be super rad. It's just, it's just another, another thing you can add to the, to the toolkit. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, you know, I can't wait to add a band to this tour and, you know, to bring a full live performance to everybody. And that, I mean, that's the dream. You know, when I was, I guess, 18 years old, I was on some psychedelic drugs and I saw Radiohead playing. Oh, Jesus. That was the moment <laughs> that I was like, I want to do that. That's what I want to do. I want to be there. And, you know, that's, uh, that's definitely where my head's at. And that's where I would like to see Digital Color one day bringing a full band with an awesome production team and just a full show for everyone to have a good show. Well, that's awesome. I mean, I got, I got to kind of ask then, it's like, what interested you in regards to electronic music with that? Because when we're naming off like bands and we're naming off like, or you said Radiohead, like what was it that I guess got you with electronic music? Was it, was there a DJ? Was there like a certain um, style that maybe got you? I know we were talking a little earlier about like Rufus Soul and Turo et Moi and all, all that, but um Yes, what was it for you that yeah. brought you into the genre? Uh, man, it was it was really funny. I'll just I'll condense the story, but basically I had a girlfriend because <laughs> I was totally against electronic music. I was all about bands, and I just thought DJs were just so whack. And but I was ignorant also, and <laughs> I just didn't want to take the time to understand what a producer and DJ is. And then I dated this girl who was actually in PR for electronic music and house music and she was the one who introduced me to all these types of artists and the style of music and really you know opened it up and explained to me what goes into it and then I went to this festival cross in San Diego and saw all these you know producers playing and like Gorgon City and um, Chet Baker was there and Rufus DeSoul uh, a bunch of awesome artists and you know, I really enjoyed the energy and the vibe. You know, the band of Radiohead, I love because they're so intricate and the sounds they use are amazing and they take you to these places that oh, are yeah. so creative and interesting. But what I loved about the dance music was it was like everything on its right place, which is my favorite song by Radiohead, but that song with more kick and more bass, which I always thought that song needed. And it had that driving Five, which I loved and I was just like I want to make music like this and she you know I guess opened me up to that whole world and then the rest was just kind of history I just kind of took off and started getting into it and understanding it and, uh, that's when digital I met this guy up in LA and Aaron and we started digital color and just kind of everything just bloomed <laughs> very nice well yeah so we were talking when we were speaking earlier you said because I, I guess the, to go back to the question of who is I guess the is it one, more than one person that's doing the production behind it, or is it just you? Or 
uh, just for everyone who's checking this out, like, I guess, how does your process work, particularly for something like, um, like Tetra? Um, yes. So, I mean, the first, the first album, yeah, I worked with a guy named Aaron Shadro. We, he came in and kind of introduced that whole vaporwave, um, scent, if you will, into the music for me. And then, uh, that whole album was us co-writing a lot of stuff together and producing and mixing and working as a team. And then Tetra, I branched off and did my own thing and finally took full control of everything and wrote and recorded everything by myself and then sent those over to my buddy Ryan Claus and he did all of the kind of technical engineering, if you will, and just kind of splicing it up and making it sparkle and sound pretty. Um, and then also on Tetra, I do, and actually Plasma, both albums, I use Sammy Shapiro, um, who's from uh, Los Angeles and goes to USC, and she does all of the wind instruments, um, mainly, obviously, saxophone. Um, love working with her, but there, she's just an amazing uh, musician. Fantastic. Well, so we're, uh, I guess we were talking a little bit earlier about how um, I'd asked you if you were interested in doing this as a live band and i think your response was you would do what to your computer <laughs> <laughs> yes i would absolutely kill the computer <laughs> um, <laughs> i just i'm you know i grew up playing you know indie rock and playing you know rock and that was i love that nirvana and cool and all that stuff and that is at my heart you know, that's what music was for me. It was just like a way to get everything out, you know, going to the garage and yelling to a microphone and just blast some distorted guitar and have the drums wailing way, way too loud. <laughs> um, and I think that I will always, always, always want to have everybody with a heartbeat playing an instrument um, to give that vibe to everyone that's listening. I think there's just an energy that is really cool and sacred when people are making music and that's that's why we do it you know to bring that energy so um i think it's really cool that i have a computer and then i can go on tour and I can do these things um before i can afford to have a band to come with me um so i'm grateful you know that i get the opportunity to do this until i can afford to have a band but i would 100 <laughs> percent like to have human beings um by my side doing this for sure um to go back on something, uh, in your opinion, what was, as far as songwriting goes and as far as, I know you said you had some different people working on it uh, in our initial conversation, but what was the biggest difference between uh, the making and the songwriting of Tetra versus the content that was um, that was on Plasma? So Plasma was, it was, it was honestly a lot of... Uh, singer-songwriter versus, I guess, focusing more as a producer. Um, a lot of Plasma was focused more around uh, uh, singer-songwriter content, so it was telling a story. There was a verse and a chorus. And, um, just a, a lot more focused on lyrical content and telling something as opposed to uh, a lot of Tetra was based more around the melodies of the vocals kind of matching the melody of the music and making it fit really well. More of like an instrument, using the voice of the instrument so much than telling the story. 
Um, and also focusing on, I guess, lyrics just being really catchy, saying less and saying more of something that will be repeated and stick in your head. Um, we To elaborate again, what was the... I really liked this answer because there were a lot of little meanings behind it, but what was the... Um, what was the meaning behind the title Tetra? Um, I know it was a little bit of something that was more of a personal, like kind of kind of cool meaning behind the the title of it. Yeah, Tetra was Tetra was originally going to be called Tetris um, <laughs> because it was a game that I thought fit really well with digital color being digital as it is, and Tetris coming from the nineties just being a game that was hitting all these pieces to, you know, keep your, your walls from being destroyed. And, um, I guess at this point in my life, this album was me just kind of branching off and doing my own thing. And it was, this album was sort of, I guess, a piece in my puzzle as I was looking at it and just something that I was throwing out there to see how it fits and hoping that it works and everything kind of flows. Um, and then Tetra, also um, means four, and it's also a fish, which kind of simulates my lucky number four. I'm a Pisces, so I was just, I like how those kind of work together. It just worked for me. Um, I decided that we didn't want to use the word Tetris because, well, it's already a word for a game. For sure. <laughs> so, trying to be more original. Cool. And I think the, the only other thing that I'd asked you before the whole technical uh, snafu was um, – I was asking you about, uh, since you're back at home in LA right now, um, what are you, are you someone who's able to work on songwriting on the road or do you have to be at a home studio in order to, um, in order to get anything done? Uh, no, not at all. I honestly, anywhere is fine. Um, you know, being, being on the road is great. Um, I, I love, you know, when I have an urge to write something, I like being able to just sit down and just get it out. Uh, no one likes to be forced to push anything creative. Um, so I think it's awesome to, you know, sit down at a hotel or wherever you are and just kind of throw down some drums or a, a drum beat on the computer or yeah. synth or guitar or something. But obviously, you know, vocals are something that's going to require something that needs a room to record or just to get a better sound. Obviously, I'd rather be in a studio to do that. Yeah, for sure. All right, cool. I think we're caught up to where we were. <laughs> awesome, awesome. We're making headway. We're making. We're, we're doing it. We're <laughs> we're getting there. And I've got a backup for the backup in case literally anything happens in the next ten minutes. But I think we're good. I think we're. I think we're all caught up. But um, yeah. I guess awesome. uh, with with what we were talking about with your, I guess your your look of what you'd hope this project to be. What do you hope that people, for right now, what do you hope they take away from um, an album like Tetra? Like, what do you, whether it's an idea, whether it's a feeling, it can, it's very open-ended, but I guess what do you hope people take away from that after listening to it? I hope that, I hope that they listen to some of those songs and, you know, they're driving in their car and they can just bump it and they want to make it real loud and they just want to bump that stuff, hear the bass <laughs> go and, you know, roll down the windows and just drive fast down the highway that's I just want them to feel good um I think you know there's also a few songs on there I hope that they can identify with some of the lyrics and just 
pursue what they want to pursue and, and feel, I guess, motivated. Awesome. That was that was something else that I just remember that we were talking about. What were some of the more uh, when you're writing lyrics to these songs that are supposed to have kind of a dance vibe and they're supposed to kind of give off, give almost giving off two different emotions and two different feelings. I guess were there any songs that were that were a bit more challenging lyrically um, or even musically, and what were they, and how did you I guess power through and overcome those obstacles get to get it to what we hear on the record. Um, Sandra was, Sandra was very, I'd say the, the most difficult technically with like instruments and trying to get it to a, uh, a point where we were, I guess, happy with it. And I say we're, uh, with Ryan and I, uh, cause he was helping with a lot of the technical stuff. And, um, I just think there's, uh, a lot of technical things that I think could still improve on that song. Um, but I think, you know, we got to a great point where it sounds good and full and punchy. Um, and then I think as far as lyric, lyrically, um, oh man, lyrically, I know I said one before, but you know, I don't, Lyrically, things were pretty. Those just kind of flowed pretty well. Yeah, I think you All said. I think you said Faden was the one that was a little bit. Faden. Faden was the one that I just I really liked the lyrics behind it. Um, I didn't have any difficulties. I think those were just they just flowed really well. It, that song came out very easily, and I just I like shading the lyrics behind it because I think it fits with something that was just real. Yeah. And uh, that one was just nice. Just sat down and just kind of. Everything else feeling kind of came out <laughs> for sure. Well, I meant to ask you on letting go. Like, the, I think I think it was in letting go. There were references to like I think I heard there was like a lyric where you're talking about gym class and you were kind of remembering stuff about uh, your oh, time oh, in school. Yeah, that's Sandra. Sandra, Sandra yeah. sorry, not that was Sandra, not letting go. What were you? I guess what were you? I guess referring to you and what were you going through? Obviously, it was something related to school, but what were you? What were you pulling from in terms of those memories to? kind of <laughs> reference that. <laughs> Sandra's not, um, one of my good friends, his cousin was the older, like, hot chick in <laughs> middle school. And, uh, <laughs> she was one of them. She was, I don't know, all the guys, like, everyone has that hot girl. And, uh, I don't know, she was just the girl that all the guys always liked. And I just remember she was always in, she was in my gym class. And I just remember everyone wanted to flirt with her and I just thought it was just funny because through life doesn't matter where you go there's always like that one hot girl <laughs> that all the guys are trying to hop on and fight around sometimes when you just don't give them attention they always just end up coming to you <laughs> yeah I remember that uh, I, I remember that with my personal experience I was like not the there was always the one girl particularly in gym class because that's how everybody was everybody was dressed in shorts and all that stuff and if, particularly <laughs> it was like summer and it's just like the the way that you would get a girl to talk to you, not even in like a flirting way, it was just like, don't be one of the guys that's all <laughs> over her. And then it's like, oh, this guy's not a creep. Cool. I'll yeah, he seems okay. And then you're like, there you go. There's your your friendship or your acquaintanceship is started because you weren't one of the creeps that was all over her. <laughs> totally. No, absolutely. Yeah. I, um. 
<laughs> one of the lyrics in the song, uh, I think, will make Sandra laugh. Um, and I was just, I think that lyric was really funny. Well, I mean, it's not funny. It was just, it describes my personality a lot because it wasn't just in that situation, but I think trying to make people laugh was my coping mechanism of trying to feel accepted yeah. or like wanted. And, uh, that was a huge thing through, not a huge thing, but it was just, I guess it was just a good correlation with a lot more throughout middle school than just trying to impress girls. It's funny. Sure. Yeah. Um, well, I guess the, I guess to wrap this up, I feel like I asked kind of the wrap up question with the, um, what do you hope people take away from it? Um, but what, I guess, what does the future hold in a very broad sense? What does the future hold for digital color and where you hope to, um, I guess, take the project like w- within the next year? Like, let, let's, let's say that. Um, I am, got, I've got a lot of exciting things coming. Um, definitely making some really cool changes that after this tour, I, I guess I just kind of sat down and kind of figured out what I want for myself, what I want for digital color, where I want to take it. And, um, I've definitely got some new music coming with a new single coming out on May 15th. Um, and it's a little bit different than the dance sound. It's got a little bit more, uh, you know, live instrumentation vibe going on. And, uh, I think I'm just going to be pushing a lot more shows for sure and trying to wiggle my way into some opening acts with some bigger bands and just pushing it as hard as I can. Hell yes. That's awesome. Great way to close this out. Okay. We did it. I think I got it. The thing hasn't crashed on me, so we should, I think this is, I think this is a good place to stop before this really uh, mess up. Cause I'm getting a little nervous looking at the clock on this thing, but, um, Devereaux, it was so great talking to you, man. I really appreciate your time. You are a pro at this, um, and this should be going up in a couple weeks or so, and I'll just I'll send it over when it's ready to go up, and uh, we'll blast this. Awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. No worries. Thank you for your time, man. I appreciate it. Have a good day. Thank you. You too. Take Bye. care, Matt. Bye. We're going to leave you with Sandra, the second track from Digital Color's newest release, Tetra, available now. Make sure you give Digital Color a follow at all of the links we've included below in our show notes. Also, make sure to follow Shameless SF, the page that hosts this podcast, by visiting shamelesspromo.net, as well as the other links that we've included in our show notes as well. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you back here again on Friday with a brand new episode. For now, here's Sandra by Digital Color. gonna stare at Sandra so I guess I look the other way cause I don't wanna just to think that I'm the same well Sandra's in my gym class 
And all the boys are gonna stare at Sandra So I guess I'll look the other way Cause I don't wanna just to think that I'm the same Oh, Sandra